Well, let's turn now to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 4. Matthew 8, verses 1 through 4. God's people, let's pray. Our Father, thank You once again for Your Word. We are so thankful that You have not taken Your Word away from us as You did and You have in times past to Your covenant people who rebelled against You. And we have certainly rebelled against You at times even this past week and today. But You have seen fit to be long-suffering with us and merciful and gracious to continue granting us Your Word. And so, Father, we pray that we would not um, sit here and hear Your Word once again, and then nothing change and nothing happen. Father, we pray that You would work wondrously in our hearts, our minds, our wills, our affections, all to Your glory and uh, for our sanctification and our good. And all these things, we pray that You would cause us to see Your Son and grant us ears to hear. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. These are God's words. When He was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed Him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Those are God's words. Last Lord's Day, you remember, we saw the response of the crowds to the preaching of Jesus Christ. His preaching on the sermon on the mountain. And how they responded to Him. And we saw, we looked at even here, verse 1 of our passage, that a great multitude from that time followed Him. But we can say, because of what we heard last Lord's Day, that the vast majority of them did not have faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. But they stood in awe of what He said, for He said it and all those things with such an authority from God, as He is God, that they had never heard before. And we considered and we heard about, if we just look at the rest of the Gospel and uh, of Matthew, and we look at of the other Gospels and John's Gospels, they're following Him Uh, The multitude, not every single person, but the vast majority of the multitudes are following Him, not because they have faith in Him, but that it was something that was truly awesome to them, and yet something they had never seen or heard before. 
and they wanted more. And so they followed him for a time. At least the vast majority of them did. Verse 1. Again, it says, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And they wanted to see what he would say next. They wanted to uh, see what he would do next. Because they were there for the spectacle. For the feelings it gave them. Sometimes when we hear preaching, it gives us certain feelings. And then we go out from here and nothing changes. We know this again because the Gospel teach us. The Gospels teach us that Christ rebukes these followers later for only following Him for the miracles. What He had done before their eyes, but not for salvation. The first point this morning, looking at this leprous man. The first point this morning is the leper is unclean. The leper is unclean. Here they are, great multitudes are following Him. In verse 2, there came a leper. Children, what is a leper? What is a, a leper, a leprous man or woman? Leprosy is a disease. It is a disease we heard about last Lord's Day that in the evening King Uzziah was disciplined with by Jehovah because he had entered the temple and burned incense, which for him as king and not a priest, as a king, he burned incense in the temple, which is against God's law because he's not a priest. He's a king. And only priests were to do that and commanded to do that. And he worshipped how he wanted to worship, like we heard in Colossians 2, will worship. He wanted to worship how he wanted to worship, not according to God's Word, and the Lord struck him with leprosy. Now, in the passage before us, we don't know why this man has leprosy. But we know it is, of course, of God's plan, eternal plan, and providence. Children, we just asked, what is leprosy? Leprosy, at least when you see it, when it's fully engulfed a man, a woman, a child, leprosy is, at least when you see it, it's very gross. We would call it grotesque. Uh, it's, it can change someone's skin. It deforms it. And so someone's hands and fingers look all deformed. And their face, their nose... Uh, can make someone look almost like they're half dead. It's really grotesque. And that's what this man looked like. For we learn in Luke's Gospel, this leprosy was not merely in the beginning stages, but he was full of leprosy. And so it had engulfed his whole body. He would be someone who would look to our senses and what we normally look like if we look or look at uh, uh, around the room right now we see people all right this person would look totally different and gross some of you kids you would probably be scared or fearful of this man if you were to look upon him Luke 5 shows in that parallel passage, and it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. It's the same account as what Matthew gives us here, and yet he gives us one little more detail. He was full of leprosy. 
This man would have looked really bad. And some of you kids would want to hide from him. That's how scary he might look to you. Now in our day, there are treatments for leprosy, which is very much coming only from in our day, the 20th, 21st century. But they did not have that in the time of Scripture. They did not have that in the time of Matthew. They did not have that through almost all of church history up until our modern day. To them, and throughout almost all of history, leprosy was thought to be virtually incurable. And it might still be completely incurable. Even in Scripture, we see this notion, 2 Kings. 2 Kings, Syria's ruler sent a letter to Israel's king with his servant. His servant, the Syria's servant, had leprosy. The man's name was Naaman. 2 Kings 5, it says, And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent, tore his clothes, and said, Am I God? To kill or to make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And so the king of Israel, King Joram or Jehoram, Ahab's son, he reads the letter requesting that he would heal this man of his leprosy. And even as a king with all his resources... What did he say? He said, Am I God to do this? Only God, he's you know, he's confessing, he's professing, only God can heal a man of leprosy. Jehovah is able to cleanse those with leprosy. Numbers twelve. Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, speaking of Miriam. Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee, and Lord and the Lord said unto Moses. If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. She was following, and the Lord was encouraging Moses to make sure she followed what they were taught in Leviticus 13 and following about leprosy. Miriam, because of her sin, was struck with leprosy. And so it is only, we see there, the Lord who can heal her again. Why is she shut out from the camp? Because outside of the camp, by herself, everyone would know once Miriam was healed, it was only the Lord who healed her. And that is the expectation that is shown from all the priests in the Old Testament and as well what we learn in Leviticus 13, 14, 15. Uh, there. The, second, the king in 2 Kings 5 explained the same thing. Only God, only God can do this. This is the general thought amongst the people of the Jews then. And that the only, only the Lord can heal leprosy if it is His will. Moreover, they know according to Scripture that one having leprosy made them unclean. Ceremonially unclean. So you, you couldn't offer the sacrifices. Or really you couldn't interact with anybody, other people, lest you make them unclean. You touch them and they'd be unclean. And then they'd have to go outside the camp as well. And so having a disease like this, this leprous man had leprosy, and having a disease like this would make him unclean and shut him off 
from all social interaction and, and even with God's covenant people. Leviticus 13 is all about the uncleanness of leprosy. And this man was being full of leprosy. And so as it was his duty, he was to come before the priest. This is very important. He was to come before the priest to be judged. To be judged by them if he was unclean or clean. If one was full of leprosy like this man, he would have been pronounced unclean and let go and told to go outside the camp and not have any interaction with anyone. So that's what's true of this man. He had already gone to the priest, we could assume, and been judged unclean. And the priest would have not only pronounced that he was unclean, but that he had the plague of leprosy. The plague of leprosy is how it's called. It was all over his body. And so you see this man, according to the Scriptures, he would have to go around. Anytime he saw somebody, he would have to say, Unclean! Unclean! Imagine if you were that person having to do that. And he'd live alone, outside, and away from God's people. It's interesting. In Scripture, there is no prescription to be relieved from the plague of leprosy but only waiting upon God to cure them if He did. And so here's a man full of leprosy. He's waiting on the Lord to heal him. He's unclean. All the people would have viewed him as unclean, stayed away from him. You wouldn't want to be near him. He would be an outcast, his face distorted, grotesque, his hands as well. And then the Jews as well, based on their superstition would have equated this leprous man with a sinner. Right? He had committed some sin, surely, to receive this leprosy. And that may be true. It may not be true. We don't know the same what happened to the man born blind in John 9. All the Jews thought, oh, this man or his parents had sinned in some way that he was born blind. And we learn there that it was not because he had sinned or the man was born, uh, or his parents had sinned that he was born blind, but for the glory of God. Perhaps this was the case here. We don't know though. right? We don't know if he had sinned, his parents had sinned, or if this was for the glory of God. Surely it is for the glory of God though. But this man, as well we know, just like all of us, just like all men and women and children, he also, we know, was a sinner. And he needed to be cleansed of his sins. And he needed to be cleansed of his leprosy. Friends, most lepers would not have hoped in being healed of their leprosy. And yet even those who had hope because they believed in the Lord, they would still be separate from everyone else. They'd be alone and would not be able to approach anyone and people would not approach them. And if you read theologians and pastors and elders and historians, Christians, whoever... Throughout history, leprosy was probably the most feared disease to have. By which man's body can be afflicted. He that has it is like one dead, yet still lives. And with all those social and religious shunning of sorts, 
being unclean, the leper had here, the leper had hope that Jesus could heal him. That's what we read in verse 2. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, Jesus, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. This leprous man, he comes, he falls down with his face to the ground, the other Gospels teach us, and worships King Jesus. King Jehoram, or King Joram, that we read about, 2 Kings 5, had nothing for the leper, Naaman, in that 2 Kings 5. He exclaimed, he is not God. Only God can do this. But this leprous man, he comes, he worships King Jesus because the leper believed Jesus to be God. He believed that Jesus, the God-man, could heal him if he so willed. Notice what the leper does not say. He does not say, Lord, you will make me clean. He doesn't demand. He does not presume upon God or Jesus to heal him. He knows the Lord can heal him. He knows if it is the will of Jesus to heal him, He will heal him. And that's what the law in Leviticus 13 and following there in Leviticus is all about. The priest judging if the Lord healed the leprosy or not. But this leper does not demand Jesus to heal him, so he comes humbly worshiping the Lord, reverencing the Lord, reverencing the King But he believed Jesus could heal him if Jesus so willed. That's the leper. The second point this morning, the king who heals. The king who heals. The the leper is professing, acknowledging that King Jesus had a divine power. Something about him, he knew he had divine power. He can heal this disease that only God can heal. And so he comes, not to a king who can't heal with no power like Jehoram, but he comes to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, who has proven through his preaching, as we heard last Lord's Day, that he is God. Here is Jesus, who is the God who is merciful. Healing this man filled with leprosy is a temporal, in time, physical mercy. A mercy to the body which, though it didn't threaten life, certainly made life miserable. The leper here, here, here appealing to Christ, if he so will, he could heal him. He can. He is able. He has the power to. And so here we are taught that all our diseases, all our maladies, all our bodily ailments, we are to apply ourselves to who? We're to apply apply ourselves to Jesus Christ and pleading unto Him that if He so wills, He can, He has the power to heal us. Absolutely. Any kind of cancer, uh, whatever malady you might have, He can heal us. Jesus Christ, our mediatorial King who works all things for the good of the church is just as able to cure diseases now. If He can heal leprosy, friends, He can heal the man born blind, He can certainly heal the same today. If He can raise up someone from the dead as He did Lazarus as we read, then He can do that today. Because God does not change. 
But you must have a submission to His will. You must submit yourselves to His will. Lord, if Thou wilt, Thou can. Right? Thou canst. Friends, we pray for the Lord to heal according to His power, if He so wills. And then we're told here, we're taught here to pray this. To pray and plead, Lord, heal us if You would will. If, it's, if You're willing, heal. Healing this man filled with leprosy points us to a greater mercy, of course. Spiritual mercy. We cannot turn from that reality here. Each one of you are sinners. Children, you are sinners. Ladies, you're sinners. Men, sinners. Broken God's commandments. Deserve all the condemnation that the Lord justly uh, gives out in all the eternity of death and punishment and destruction and hell. We're all deserving of those things. You want to know what sin is? Look at the leprous man. Sin is the leprosy of the soul. Grotesque. Grotesque. Just as this man was cut off from all peoples and families and friends and worship, he was cut off from it all. That's what sin does to us with the Lord. Cuts us off from Him completely. He was cut off from all of it. He was there on the mountain. Hearing Jesus preach chapter 7, but not amongst the disciples who were there, but off in the distance because He couldn't be near them. Hearing Him preach from afar, He heard the authority with which Jesus preached and was convicted that He had the power as well to heal. Your sin is leprosy to your soul. Even if you're a Christian, your sin is leprosy to your soul. Picture that. Think of yourself. Your sin. Your sin is leprosy to your soul. That's how much we should hate it. Just as we heard concerning our physical diseases, what we ought to do, what ought you to do, friends, right now, concerning the great leprosy of your souls? Apply yourselves to Christ. That's what He did. Plead unto Him as the great physician. If He so wills, He can make you clean of all your sins. And we should, with a humble reverence, a believing boldness, as this leper did, go against social norms and religious norms. Right, And He came right up to Jesus Christ in His presence, which He should not do. Right, He shouldn't do that if Jesus was anyone else. And so what are we to do? Go to Him. You don't think He'll receive you. You don't. You think He's going to shun you. Just like anybody who would be a leper and going up to any other person. Most people would shun, you know, everybody would run away. Shun them, but not Jesus. Go right up to Him. Into His presence. And you go, you tell Him of your need to be healed in your soul, this spiritual leprosy of sin that reigns in you. And that's still there in you. And you say, Lord, if Thou wilt, Thou canst make me clean. Friends, you come and you rest yourselves upon the power of Christ to heal you and save your body. It's the same here. 
you come and plead, Lord, if Thou wilt, Thou canst make me clean even in my soul. And what we see here as well is that there's no disease, there's no sin too great, no sinful leprosy of your soul so great that Christ cannot sufficiently in His righteousness atone for it and heal you. There is no corruption so strong in you that Christ cannot sufficiently in His grace subdue the corruption. You see, the Lord who would not appoint such a physician as Christ, who, who is not in every way qualified to serve and to save to the uttermost. Right? Hebrews 7. Note His ability and the word He uses to denote His power that He can do it. Wherefore, He is able... Right? He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. He is able. He can with all of His divine power, that almighty power, save you if you come to Him for it, like this leprous man, for healing. We have to apply ourselves to His mercy and His grace to not give us what we deserve in the eternity of condemnation for our sins. Uh, like this leprous man, He deserved, because of, He's a leper, He deserves to be outside the people, outside the camp, alone. And plead for His mercy. Because we cannot demand His mercy as a debt He owes to us. Right? Just like the man here. He cannot demand Christ heal him as something Christ owes to him. Just like our sin. We cannot demand that He would show mercy to us because He owes it to us. He doesn't. That's what makes it mercy. He doesn't owe us not receiving what we deserve. He doesn't owe us grace. Saving grace. But we come like the leper humbly, reverently requesting it. As a favor, as grace, Lord, if Thou wilt, I throw myself at Your feet. And if I perish, I perish there at Your feet. But if Thou wilt, Thou canst cleanse me of my sin in my body and heal me. You can save me from my sins. What else? We come to Christ believing nothing can stop us except Him. Nothing can keep a needy soul from Christ the Lord when you see relief in Him. The needy soul leaps over all impediments, barriers, as this leper does, contrary to the prohibition of the ceremonial law, presses through a multitude of followers and comes to Christ. If it is Christ, come to Him with all boldness. Verse 3. And Jesus put forth His hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. On this occasion, for His glory and for our good, it was the will of King Jesus to heal the leper. Try to picture this, friends, the grotesque, Leper, unclean, societally outcast, religiously cast out, cut off from the people. Jesus put forth His hand and touched him. Leprosy. 
the theologians say, leprosy is a noisome and loathsome disease, and yet Christ touched him. That's His mercy and grace. He touched him. He dined with tax collectors and sinners for their good. He touched them. Here there was again a ceremonial pollution contracted in touching the leper. That's why he was to go around and and cry out and, and say, Unclean! Unclean! Jesus reached out to him and touched him. That's His love. How can Christ... This is our question, right? How can Christ touch the leper and not become unclean Himself? How can He not break the ceremonial law, temple law, ceremonial worship by touching the leper? It's because Christ possesses what? Christ possesses such purity as to uh, have uh, having such a purity that His purity, because as we heard last Lord's Day, He is holy, 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 beyond and uh, uh, even uh, greater holiness than the holy seraphim who praise Him night and day. Right? He's independently morally perfect, which they cannot. The seraphim cannot say that about themselves. They are dependently morally perfect and holy that way. But and upon the Lord, but He, the Lord Jehovah, and we learned last Lord's Day from John twelve that Isaiah six that vision that uh, that that Isaiah sees of the Lord is a vision of Christ on the throne. That's how holy He is. He is so pure and holy that He repels filth. He repels defilement. He repels sin. Right? He does not by touching either pollute Himself with leprosy or become a transgressor of the law. Jesus is the source of all cleansing. Jesus shows over and over that His contact and conversing with sinners is never a danger to Himself. Of Him ever being infected by them. Why? Because the prince of the world of this, uh, the prince of this world had nothing in Him. Right? Had nothing on Him. What did Jesus say? If I will. Right? He says it here. I will be thou clean. He touches him. If you go back to Kings with Naaman, the leper, Naaman, the Lord healed him through the prophet Elisha. Elisha never touched him. Elisha told him to go down to go wash in the Jordan. Moses never touched Miriam. Miriam was healed just like Naaman by the Lord. Jesus spoke and it was done. As we heard last Lord's Day about His authority, chapter 7, verses 28-29, when He spoke, just like when He spoke in creation, let there be light, and immediately there is light. This is Christ's divine power and authority. By speaking, all creation obeys Him, even diseases and bodies, even souls. He says, I will. I desire that. 
I will. He's willing to help and heal the leper. Friends, all who come by faith, applying themselves humbly, reverently to Christ for mercy and grace, if you come so by faith, you may be sure, because He's promises, you may be sure that Christ is freely willing to give you and grant you that mercy and grace that you come to Him for. Each one of you, Christ is freely offered. To you. He has shown time and time again throughout the scriptures, he is willing to save sinners. Here's Jesus Christ professing openly his own divine power, for absolutely he commanded his, in his own name and by his own authority as God, the God man, the departing sickness. He said, I will be thou clean. He commands the man to be healed, and he is healed. And immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Normal processes of healing in nature work gradually, right? It's a slow like We get sick, we slowly get over that sickness. There's after effects a little bit, but we slowly get over the sickness. Ladies, you go through birth, your body slowly heals, right? Anytime... Uh, we have pain. Right? That pain slowly goes away. Normal processes of healing in nature work gradually, but the, but the Lord of nature, the, the God of nature, works immediately, often, times, in the Scriptures. And if He so wills today, He speaks, and it is done. And complete. The leprosy which was full. So his hands, his face, his nose. All his body, grotesque, gross kids, remember. And Jesus says, I will be thou clean. And immediately his body was restored like nothing had ever happened to him. And he looked just like every one of us. Again, immediately. In a moment, at the command of King Jesus Christ. Come to Christ today, friends, and cry out to Him to save you. Cry out to Him to forgive you of all your uncleanness. Cry out to Him and plead that you would turn, He would turn you from your grotesque disobedience in your hearts and minds and everything. Because He's the God who heals. The King who heals. Jesus Christ. He can heal the body. He can heal your body. He can heal your soul. If you come to Him in this way, by faith, you will find a King who will make you, who were once filled with all manner of sinful diseases, healed in an instant, instant, saving you immediately forever. The final point this morning, the King is for God's glory. The king is for God's glory. The leper is a leper no more. When we get to verse 4, the old man becomes a new creation. When Jesus saves them, he makes them new, right? The old is gone, the new comes. And here Jesus had instructions for the man, all for the glory of Jehovah. And that, of course, includes himself. 
verse 4. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. First thing here Jesus says, go to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded. Go to the priest. Show thyself to the priest. Why? Go back to Leviticus 13 we, and following. We know why. To be judged. To be judged again. In Leviticus 13, Christ has not been sacrificed yet on the cross at this point in Matthew's Gospel, of course. It happens later in chapter uh, 27. The ceremonial law is still in effect. According to God's law, in the case of lepers and those unclean, they were to show themselves to the priests. Who was to judge if the leprosy was getting worse, getting better, staying the same, and proclaim the judgment, whether unclean or clean. Before Jesus healed this man, the pronouncement we heard was unclean, plain. But it would be no longer. So what do we see here? When Jesus is proclaiming and commanding him to go to the priest that the benefits, the blessings of Christ now will stand the trial. We could say before the judge, which is the priest. What Jesus does will be found solid, true, even by his enemies, which at the time were the priests. Judging the case. Go to the priest. You've been healed. They have been appointed by me to judge about your leprosy that you've been healed of now. And so they will. But also Jesus tells the man, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest. Don't talk to anyone about what I have done in healing you, not even the priest. You go and let the priest judge whether you've been healed by God or not. And so it isn't just the man who attests, the body attests that God healed. Alright, we've heard all the Jews believe this. The Scriptures show this very clearly. Only God heals leprosy. And so if the man is healed, he has been healed by God. So let the priest judge who knows your leprous body because you've already gone to him. He's declared you unclean and you have leprosy, you have the plague. So go back to him and let him declare that God has healed thee. So that when you walk through the streets, all will know because the priest has declared God, Jehovah, has cleansed this man. They will know by the priest's declaration of Jehovah's work and he will receive all the glory. And so he says, see thou tell no man. Your body will testify. He also says, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Priests. The Jews. Go and offer the appropriate sacrifice for those lepers who have been healed by God. That God would receive all the glory. And that that what you offer would be a testimony. Jehovah healed me of leprosy. Even the leprosy of His body. And the priest would be without excuse to give God the glory then. To declare God healed the man. Priests might even inquire. 
What happened more specifically? How did this happen? Because they probably have never seen anything like this before. The priest finding out it was at the word and authority and power of Jesus Christ that healed the man. They would be found, if they're honest, inexcusable if they refused to receive Christ as the minister of God as God Himself. As well it would take away any slander they would offer. For He called the man to obey the law, to go to the priest and offer the sacrifice. He didn't say, don't worry about the law anymore. All you have to do is follow Me. Right? He's, he's made it so that uh, they can't slander Him that way. He commanded them to go follow the law, God's law. And so Jesus showing even the priests were not above being healed of their sins. They could be saved from their sins as well. Even the rebellious priests of that day could be saved. Sadly, friends, upon being healed, and we learned this in the other Gospels, it's not focused on here. The focus here is upon Jesus Christ giving this man a duty for the glory of God. Right? That his, what happened to him would be unto God's glory. That the priests would even know. That's what Matthew focuses on. But the other Gospels teach us something sad that is instructive to us as Christians today. Upon being healed, the man did not obey Jesus. It's not saying he didn't have faith or he wasn't saved. I don't know. It doesn't say that. It doesn't show that in the passage. But we learn in Mark's account this. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Luke's account. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by Him of their infirmities. And He withdrew Himself into the wilderness and prayed. So this physically healed man, he does not obey King Jesus. He disobeys. What do those who are healed in the soul owe to King Jesus? Healed of gross sin. And they're eternally indebted to the Savior and and Lord Jesus Christ for His curing them and saving them. And no better response could have been found than obedience, which God prefers to all sacrifices. 1 Samuel 15, And Samuel said, "Hath Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. And so what does that teach us today, friends, in the church? Here is a man who has been healed of such a gross disease by divine power, immediately at the word and command of God, Jesus Christ. And the God-man who directs and commands him, and he allows himself to be guided, then after being healed, he, was, he allowed himself to be guided by his zeal, by an inconsiderate zeal for the Lord and he disobeys. Be warned by this, friends, Christians. The more eager you are to please the Lord, let it not be zeal 
that leads you to rebellion against His very commands. But King Jesus was for His own glory. That's why He gave the commands to this man to do exactly what He said. For the glory of the Father, for the glory of the Son, and for the glory of the Holy Spirit. So go, show yourself to the priests, offer the sacrifice for a testimony like Moses commanded unto them for the glory of Jehovah. And so be careful that your zeal is in obedience to Christ. Today you must acknowledge of our sin. We must acknowledge of our sin that we are the leper who needs to be cleansed and only King Jesus heals. You're to come unto King Jesus to be healed in your body of your physical maladies and struggles, diseases, cancers, struggles and mind, soul. But you are to come today, of course, to be healed in your souls of the gross sin that dwells in you. For only He can heal you. Plead unto Him. Come boldly to Him and plead unto Him, Lord, if Thou wilt, Thou canst make me clean. Remember Christ in healing this leprous man with the touch of his hand and the command of healing in his voice shows us what? It shows us all that he abhors. No sinner that comes unto him by repentance and faith, even though they be so unclean. He abhors no sinner that comes unto him by repentance and faith, even though they be so incredibly, grossly unclean. No one is too sinful for Jesus to save them and love them. And while it is based in the sovereign decision of the Lord and Christ to save you, what comfort we have from the Scriptures if you come to Him by faith, for He promises all who come to Him by faith, He will save He will save. It's not a can. If you come to Him with a true saving faith, a true faith, truly trusting in Him, that He is able and willing to save you. And so cry, Lord, if Thou wilt, Thou canst make me clean. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we're thankful for our Savior, our Lord the great physician of our bodies and souls. Lord, we plead unto You, though we are sinners, and we are great sinners. If Thou wilt, Thou canst make us clean. Make us to be bold in coming to You. And make us in our zeal obedient to Your commands. For those who love You keep Your commandments. And we certainly love You. O Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray in Your name. Amen.